Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Our guest this morning has more than 40 years of experience as a reporter, columnist, and editor, including 35 years at the Calgary Herald. He was included as the only Canadian in a list of the top 10 business journalists in the world in 2021, and now serves as senior news editor with Retail Insider and managing editor of Canada's podcast. He also provides media training and communications consulting for companies. Mira is here this morning to share how the media landscape has changed and the latest trends in retail and how he helps companies improve their communication strategies. I should say, Mario Tonaguzzi, I haven't even, I didn't even say your full name. It's just like, we're familiar. So it's just Mario. It's a tough one sometimes to say. (laughs) Did did I do all right? Yeah, it was good. Okay. Good morning, Mario. (laughs) Good good morning. Morning, David. Good morning, Tara. Buongiorno, signore Tanaguzzi. Come stai? Come stai? Stai bene. Stai molto bene. I like it. That's the end of my Italian. Uh, Mario, we also know each other for a few years. Uh, you've mm-hmm. been, uh, you interviewed me a few times. Uh, but what I want to ask you is about the change. And uh, you worked 35 years at the Calgary Herald. And then the whole industry went through kind of a change and a lot of reporters had to adapt to, to a new reality. Um, their new reality is called electronic media, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the transition process for you uh, and for peers that you know? And, and how is adopting that new world of media kind of coming along? Well, it's quite interesting, right, really, when you think about it as, uh, you know, the media industry was so the same for so, so many years, many decades. And, and then all of a sudden, the acceleration and change started and uh, uh, a few years ago. And probably, you know, you're looking, I don't know, around, say, 10 years ago or so, you started to see the change, maybe even a few years earlier than that. And a lot of it, of course, is digital now, right? And, uh, and, and I think that one really hurt uh, the mainstream legacy media tremendously, right? Especially print, uh, you know, but also really radio and, and television. And uh, so people were going more and more onto their phones, uh, looking for things. Uh, things were more immediate. You know, that was one of the biggest changes, right? <laughs> I remember the days, the old days of the Calgary Herald when, you know, when what, your deadlines, like hours and hours, uh, you know, later in the day. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, deadlines became like now, like immediate, mm-hmm. right? And uh and that's the thing, uh, you know, uh, in this day and age, uh, you know, everybody's looking for immediacy. Everybody's got the access to their phones and computers. So, you know, their their Twitter feeds are just like scrolling through them like crazy and their, your news is just popping up. But I think a, a lot of things, um, you know, over the years, and I'll, you know, just talk about newspapers, um, you know, they did try to, you know, jump into the trend, but I think, I, I think in some ways they were a, a little behind getting involved, and I think they didn't uh, really jump in with their full feet, right? I think they kind of just stepped their toes into the water and see, you know, how's this going to go, and when they really should have you know, jumped in, like, fully. Basically, they did it just to say, we have it? Yes, 
So how that process for you personally after 35 years writing, you are now yeah. the king of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like change and, 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 and I adapt to change. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, even back in the old Herald days and, you know, I was... I've been gone from the Herald, what now, seven and a half years, uh, basically. Still counting. <laughs> I still remember that day. Tell me about it. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, I, I, uh, I always thought even before then that, that I didn't care about change. I, I kind of liked change. And, and it goes back to, you know, the media industry. I, I'll give you an example. I remember one time sitting in a... You know, just at the beginning of when the web, uh, you know, was starting to to grow, and I know the Herald had hired some guy from the states to be the web editor, right? And uh, and he was giving us a seminar downstairs about you know what to do and what to expect, etc. And uh, he used to have on the on a, on a screen on a whiteboard a list of stories and the views online right and i could mm. see certain stories and i saw politics near you know near the bottom real estate as <laughs> david and i know well was right near the top and i and i asked the guy i said so you're telling me that you know real estate is a lot more popular read to people than say politics he said yeah that's a number show i said oh mm. that's interesting and why are we writing like so many of these boring political stories every single day and and good luck having like one real estate story a day right yeah and uh you know he kind of shrugged his shoulders and 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 uh and i asked well this the editors look at this yeah, every day and you know that's the kind of thing that the weren't adapting they were stuck in the old ways of doing things why because that's how we did it and yeah. that's how we always did it right well i think i see the the need for immediacy as really hurting real news i mean i haven't been in the news game for you know 12 years now mm-hmm. but back then i mean we and that's not that long ago really but back then you didn't produce a news story without having all the opinions in there and all of the different sides. I don't see that happening anymore. No. But, you know, part of that is because the, the people read the headline. And so the headline typically has one bias. And so if people aren't going deeper, then they aren't able to form opinions for themselves. So I'm finding that to be really hard for people to really be able to form their own opinions about politics sure. or anything else. And the problem is, too, you know, immediacy, as you know in anything, uh, yeah. you know, the faster that and under pressure you are to do something can lead to more mistakes and errors, right? Right, right. And just not taking the time to go into investigative reporting. Mm-hmm. I mean, who does real investigative reporting anymore? Not <laughs> not too many, uh, you know, right? There's no time. That's, that's there's well, that's the and problem. The budget. Well, a yeah, there's no time, and then b there's no resources, mm-hmm. right? And you look at every uh, every newsroom in the country, uh, you know, whether it's newspapers or or the broadcast industry, have been decimated over the years, yeah. right? And uh, so you know, back in geez, back in the early uh, in the mid '80s when I was at the Herald and uh, we were in sports. I remember uh, recently asking somebody, how many people do we have in sports? And 
19. We had 19 people in sports at the Herald in the 80s. And we covered everything from like you know, high school football right. to the Flames and Stamps, right? But then over years, that number diminished immensely, right? And uh, and then what you know, when I left, as I said, seven and a half years ago, it was down to one person in sports. Uh, yet, you know, there was a couple of as well because at that time the son became part of the family, so to speak. So there was a couple more, but that's how many had uh, had gone down in, in terms of numbers. Right. And you multiply that across a newsroom, whether it's business and arts and entertainment and city. Well, nobody's got time to do a lot of things that you know the media well, did exactly. years ago. Yeah, and that's why I really do think that local news is so important for that reason. Because people want to know about the high schools and people want to know about what's happening locally in their city, in their communities. And, you know, that's where I think there's a number of uh, quote-unquote niche publications that have come mm-hmm. out, mostly online, right, that, that are, are doing well. You know, you've got an arts and entertainment and culture one. You've got one that's... Uh, Business. You've got one that's, uh, um, uh, you know, kind of community related. And then uh, actually there is one with more investigative stuff. So that's created the opportunity, like niche media outlets to grow and start up. Mario Tanaguzzi is with us this morning. He's the owner of Mario Tanaguzzi Communications, and he's the senior news editor with Retail Insider. We will be right back to talk a little bit about that Retail Insider and what the trends are right after the break. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. We're back on Calgary Next, and we want to thank our supporter and our sponsor, Calgary Economic Development. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring these great stories of Calgary entrepreneurs to you. Our guest this morning is Mar- Mario Tanaguzzi, owner of Mario Tanaguzzi Communication and senior editor with Retail Insider. I have a question for both of you, because Tara, you were in the media world as well. You left 12 years ago when you were 30. Mario, <laughs> you're still there. <laughs> he's, he's very generous. <laughs> One of the most famous phrases we hear in the last few years is fake news. Mm. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fake media, yeah. right? Fake media, fake news. How how can the media world fix this? What, what, oh, what brought it up other than Trump? And how can the media world fix it? Because you know, it's important to fix it, I think. It's important to fix it, but I don't know if you can anymore, right? And uh, there was just an example the other day, or even uh, there was some... Um, uh, video of an explosion somewhere in the States. I, I think it was around the Pentagon or something like Washington or something like that. Uh, it it caused the markets to go down, like boom, right? And uh, then it was a couple of hours later, it was all fake. But 
the the problem is fake is so real these days, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, uh, you know. I don't know if you know the the deep fake stuff uh, that's out there, right? And, it's scary. Uh, it's scary. It, yeah. it's, it's absolutely scary what's possible out there now of of how you can manipulate reality. Yeah. So faces. If yeah. for people who don't know what the deep fake is, essentially it's using AI to fake a voice, a face, everything so that we there could actually be a video of you David <clears throat> looking like you, sounding like you and it, but it's not you saying something that could be offensive or whatever. As a consumer then uh, of news and 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 all that is you know I get this question all the time too like how do I differentiate what's what's news and and what's not? Right, you know, especially you know if you're living in the social media world and and following everything on Twitter, etc. And it is so hard these days to do that. But then you know beyond that, then you're getting into the types of things that David's talking about is some of the the fake elements that take place in sort of traditional and legacy mainstream media, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, man, I, uh, you know, don't get me going about, say, like <laughs> our national broadcaster. I won't mention the name, but, you know, and, and things like that. And every time that I point something out, well, everybody goes nuts, right? And, uh, like, I remember once uh, recently I pointed out the fact that, uh, you know, there's not one, I don't think, Westerner on their our board of directors or, you know, their political panels. They're all centric of Ontario and Quebec. Uh, so, in many ways, is that fake news? Because they don't have... They don't have the representation across the country like they should, right? Well, and you bring up a good point. You brought up the fact that those things weren't happening. They're facts. Like, if people start to actually deal in facts rather than the emotions, then we can start to have real conversations. But that's where the problem is right now, in my opinion, is that we can't have real conversations because people get so amped up with their bias that they're not willing to actually look at any other sides of conversations, even facts that have been proven, they push back against them on both sides because they're, you know, they're swept up in in that bias, which is really unfortunate. We just can't move forward. And and I think today, you know, in this day and age, we've become so polarized, Mm -hmm. no matter what it is, whether it's a media, politics, you know, COVID, you name it. Uh, there's uh, there's seems to be no middle ground. There's like people on one side and people on the other side, and they're both passionate about each. And boy, you know, when, when that passion comes together, it, they're knocking heads, right? But they need to be learning from each other. Going back to Tara's point about local news, and local mm-hmm. community, and the retail insider. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you see in the retail world in Calgary? Well, in well, Calgary, the good, the good news. The good news is, you know what? There are good uh, good news stories out there, right? And uh, unfortunately, as you know, as Tara knows, we we're in an industry that that likes to focus on you know the plane crashing and not the thousands of planes that uh, land safely type mm-hmm. uh, world, right? And but you know, and, and you know, I'll take the, take the restaurant industry uh, for example, right? You know, there's always a restaurants that are closing, and closing its doors for for a variety of reasons. But you know, 
for every restaurant that closes, there's like two or three that open, right? And uh, that's the side of things that you don't see. So there's obviously some sort of positive element out there for people to, to, despite all the challenges, and there are many economic challenges these days, uh, you know, stores are opening, restaurants are opening still, right? Mm. So as the senior news editor with uh, Retail Insider, mm-hmm. where, in terms of trends throughout the country, where is the best place to open up uh, a retail store or a restaurant? What's, Ooh, which cities wow. are, are friendliest? Oh, which cities are friendly? Well, well, in terms of business, like business friendly. Well, you know... <laughs> There, that's an it's, it's an interesting question because I think there's a couple of different elements to it, right? Mm-hmm. I think a, a, a business friendly. Obviously, you're you're looking at things that are happening with within regulations, you know, like permitting and uh, taxes and, and stuff like that. And you know, still, like despite some of the challenges out there, you know, uh, I keep hearing all the time about how. Calgary and Alberta still, you know, from a business-friendly climate is is still good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are other challenges like, you know, when it comes to uh, real estate-related stuff, but but for the most part, it's good. But, you know, the biggest thing, obviously, with uh, with retail and whether it's restaurants or like, an, uh, like a clothing store or whatever, it's traffic, right? You've got to get you got to be in places where the traffic is going. And I don't mean just, you know, cars zipping up and down the street, you know, pedestrian traffic. And that's why, you know, you're looking at a, at a place like 17th Avenue, like, and it's booming, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's a lot of changeover over the years on 17th Avenue, but the quote unquote high street, that's where people want to be. Right, uh, they want to be on the Young Street in Toronto. They want right. to be on the Robson Streets in Vancouver. You know, uh, you know, in Calgary, uh, you know, um, you know, there's certain challenges on Stephen Avenue, but, but you know, the Kensingtons and the Missions and uh, you know the Seventeenth uh, uh, Avenues. That's where mm-hmm. people want to go. Mm-hmm. So you, the other aspect, you're also freelancing in uh, media training, communications. So how has that training changed for you over the <laughs> over the past decade? With you know, what are you coaching people on in terms of their media training now? Well, you know, a lot of it has to do with you know, as we talked about earlier, the re, the media landscape has changed so dramatically over the years, right? And uh, you know, as a journalist. You know, I'll put my journalistic hat on for a second. You know, the number of uh, pitches I get every single day and you know, on email for people wanting stories is just unbelievable, right? And uh, and, and media the, outlets wanting stories. No, no, Sorry. I'm talking about like PR agencies and communications agencies coming looking for stories. Like, oh, let's, I see. You know, want to get into coverage. one coverage in Retail Insider, mm-hmm. etc. The problem is, is those things have grown exponentially, all right? And uh, however, as we've talked about before, all media outlets are kind of strapped. So there's not that much you can do anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I talk about a lot to companies and uh, and entrepreneurs, et cetera, is become your own media platform. You know, in this day and age, you've got the ability with all the technology and, and the social media reach out there to do it on your own. 
you know, when we talk about numbers, it's funny, just walking in here today, I, I ran into an old friend who, uh, who was part of the media industry for, for decades as well. And, you know, we were talking about how uh, just recent numbers showed, like, um, say, the CBC's newscast, average, average uh, viewership was 20,000. It's minuscule. Yeah, that's, that's minuscule. nothing compared to the Twitter feeds and Instagram. Uh, well, and then when you start counting the 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 uh, the same thing with um, with the newspapers and their circulation numbers, you know, you know, uh, you kind of start wondering, okay, is is there a point to spending your time and resources going to there as opposed to doing stuff on your own? Our guest this morning was Signore Mario Tonaguzzi, <laughs> owner of Mario Tonaguzzi Communication and Senior Editor with Retail Insider. How is my Italian accent? You know, pretty darn good. <laughs> Much better than mine. Tonaguzzi. <laughs> Thank you, Sorry. Mario. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Mario. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. 